I am so impressed by what I see and by what I hear. You don't know how much it means to hear the praises sung by students. You have no idea what it does to me. I'm so impressed to hear about what you guys do and see what you do. And even on Sunday night in worship, as I look back over to my left and see all of the group of students there every week, many of you are those students that come on Sunday night, just uh, does something to the inside of me. It's a privilege for me to stand here anytime I can share a word. But it's more of a privilege to share a word with students. This world needs a generation of students to rise up and make a difference and make an impact. And I know that you as students are already doing that. What we're going to talk about tonight will be the catalyst for that to happen. Because when you're still, and it's really hard nowadays for people to be still and to be quiet, but if you're still long enough and you spend enough time with the God who created you, you will be different. And even if you don't know what I'm talking about right tonight, right now, I hope by the time you walk out that door, you do. Because you should never come into any venue where the word is talked about and the Lord is spoken about and go out a door different. It just doesn't happen. So I want you to open your, eye, open your heart, open your eyes, open your ears, and just see what's going to happen tonight. Because every time a message is preached, every time a talk is given, and the Lord's name is mentioned, there's always a response. There's always a response. What will yours be tonight? There was a man in Kansas City was in a terrible explosion. As a result of the explosion, he lost his eyesight. He lost the use of his hands. His face was disfigured. He was in a mess. Shortly before he had the accident, he became a Christian, a believer. He found Christ. Christ saved him. But there was no way for him to read the Bible anymore because of the accident. But he heard about this lady in England who read the Bible in Braille with her lips. So he said, hey, that sounds like a pretty good idea. Let me see if I can try that. So he got a Bible. He put it before him. 
put his lips down on the braille. But the explosion had messed up the nerves in his lips and he couldn't feel anything. But as he was doing that, his tongue touched the braille. And he had feeling. And that man learned how to read the Bible in braille with his tongue. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, that verse is in the Bible. That man understands how to feast on the Word in a real way. That story shows me this. When you have the desire to do something and it means enough to you, you can find a way to get it done. That man wanted to read the Bible. He found a way. Got a question. What are your desires? What are those things in your life that you pursue? Whatever you spend your time doing becomes your all-consuming purpose or focus. For some of you, it's athletics, and I understand that. I'm a sports guy. I like that kind of stuff. For some of you, it's being in the band. Some of you, it's drama. Some of you, it's dance. Fill in the blank. What do you pursue? What do you go after? I don't know what it is for you, but I promise you this. It's something. There's something that consumes your mind, that consumes your heart, that you run after, that you pursue. You know, someone had to introduce you to that pursuit. It may be a mom, a dad, a coach, a mentor. What they did, if it's a, whatever it is, they said, you know what? You're pretty good at that. Let me help you. And as you learned that you had that gift, you developed that gift, and that gift became a pursuit, and that pursuit became a focus, and it started to consume you because you had the focus on that desire. You know, as a student, and really anyone, there's three things that we, that we really want and we need. First of all, we want somebody to love us and care about us. Second of all, we want somebody to listen to us because we feel like what we have to say is important. And third of all, we want somebody to lead us. You know what? God loves you. And God will listen to you. And if you allow him to, he will also lead you. I know a young man, his desire was to be a coach and a teacher. That was his focus, that was his pursuit, and his desire. So he went down that path, he went to college, he got his degree, he graduated, taught two years, and coached two years. And he was miserable. 
because it was his desire. Psalm 37.4 or 34.7 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That word delight means have it your way, God. So what God did to this young man is he changed his desires because the young man surrendered and said, God, have it your way. And 31 years later, he's standing right here because he got called to ministry. Because I was miserable and I was not obeying. And if I had not sought God and prayed to God and spent time with God, I would probably still be miserable. I'm sure I would be. What are your desires? What are those things that you focus on? We're going to talk about quiet time. Love quiet time. A daily quiet time with God begins with a desire and a hunger for the Word. A desire and hunger for the Word. Y'all, I love to eat. I love food. My favorite meal is my next one. And when I get to eat, I eat. See, some people live to eat, and some people eat to live. And even though I love food, I eat to live because I'm careful about what I eat, but I still love to eat. I remember as a kid sitting in the kitchen, my mom be fixing me breakfast. First thing out of my mouth is, Mama, what's for supper? And she'd say, why do you care what's for supper? I said, because I know I'm going to be hungry. And there was always something to eat. Some people never get started with a quiet time because they're afraid they can't be consistent. I've heard people say, you know, I don't want to start because, you know, if I get started and then if I miss a quiet time, I, I, just, I just quit. Well, let me tell you like this. Let's compare it to being hungry and eating. If I miss a meal, which I don't miss many, but if I miss a meal, the vi- I don't go, I'm just going to quit eating. No, the very next chance I get, I eat. And I eat till I'm ready to quit eating. So, don't come to anyone and say, I can't be consistent with my quiet time, so I'm not even going to start. Because if you do miss a day, just the very next chance you get to have it, do it. God's not going to strike you dead. He's going to be right there where he always is. He's going to say, that a boy, that a girl. That's what I want. People say this about a quiet time. If you miss one day, you know it. If you miss two days, God knows it. Well, probably if you miss one day, he knows it. If you miss two days, you know it. If you miss three days, everybody knows it. 
Well, if you don't get that, we'll just, I'll explain it to you later. In other words, it's good to have a quiet time. It's good to be with the Lord. You got to decide to start. And you can't give up because remember that thing we talked about that you pursued and you loved? If you made a mistake, you didn't quit. If you're a cheerleader and you're trying to do that backflip and you don't do it the first time, you want to make that team. So you're going to find a way to do that backflip. Same thing with quiet time. It's what you want and how bad you want it. It's like with anything in your life. So a daily time with God begins with a desire and a hunger. Number two, the daily quiet time with God is about discipline. 1 Timothy 4.8 For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This little verse in this little book of Timothy was written by a guy named Paul. Paul wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul used all kind of metaphors about athletes and athletic events. I like Paul. I can identify with him. Paul was Timothy's mentor. Paul was trying to get Timothy ready to be a minister. He was pouring his life into him. And he was giving him instruction. He said physical exercise is good but spiritual exercise is even better I enjoy training three or four days a week I get up early in the morning and I train because it it makes me feel better and allows me to eat what I want to eat because you know I like to eat but it makes me feel better it keeps me feeling younger it keeps my joints from feeling all creaky and everything. You'll find out what that means one day. But I like it because it makes me feel better. But there's nothing greater than the time I spend with the Lord. Because I don't care how good you look. Because you live from the inside out. From the inside out. See, God does not look on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. And when you spend time reading the word, it works on heart. And it also says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you have bitterness in your heart, you're going to have bitterness come out of your mouth. Jealousy in your heart, jealousy comes out of your mouth. Joy in your heart, Joy comes out. Happiness, happiness comes out. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit of the joints and the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Y'all, we need to set aside time to read, reflect, and pray. And you can do it. There's not a person in this room that can't do that. It's all about want to. It's all about want to. We do what we want to do. We can say whatever we want to say about anything, but we live what we believe.
A daily time alone, God, begins with desire and hunger for the Word. A daily time with God is about discipline. A daily time with God is about building a personal relationship with the Lord. Everyone in this room, I hope, has at least one friend somewhere. Somebody. A friend. Yeah, I see y'all got friends. Okay, that's good. Some of you have more than others. But I know everyone has a friend, and that's a good thing because you need friends. Regardless of who your friends are or how many you have, there are certain things that you have to do to have a friend or to be a friend. First of all, you have to put your friendship above other things. You have to spend time together, lots of time, almost every day. It's the only way to get, get to really know your friend. You have to talk every day about the past, about the future, about the right now. And you talk every day because you want to be around them. And you want to find out what they think. Because you ask their advice. Because you trust them. Because hopefully... They're going to tell you the truth. A good friend will tell you the truth in a nice way. Yeah, you liked that one, didn't you? You make plans to do things together. Lots of things. Lots of times. Different things for different people, whatever you like. But you hang out and you do those things. You share your dreams. You share your goals. Did you realize this? that all the things I just mentioned can happen when you spend time reading and studying and praying. But here's the difference. The person that you're reading about and the person that, you, that you're praying to and reflecting on is the person that knows you better than you know yourself because he created you. He knew you in your mother's womb before you were born. He knitted you together. That means he put you together piece by piece. He gave you those gifts. He gave you those talents. He wants you to use them for him. And the only way to know what they are and what to do is you got to get to know him. But you know what? It's all about want to. It's all about want to. Those that want to do and they understand and they end up glorifying God with their life. Those that just aren't sure, or standing back here and say, you know, I don't want to try. It's all about want to. So don't, it's not a fear thing. It's something that you can do. Jeremiah 29, 11. You talk about making plans and things like that. Listen to this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I told you that he listens. I told you that he's there. Why would you not want to meet every day with the God that created you? The person that knows more about you than you know about yourself. See, you know they say the Bible's a mirror. It's a reflection of who you really are. And y'all, I'll just be real honest with you. I'm Mr. Minister, okay? Sometimes 
I don't like what it says about me. But what it says about me is true. This is truth. So, I'll tell you this, and I'm not going to kid with you. You better put your big girl and big, uh, big boy panties on if you read the Word. You better. Because it doesn't mince words. Straight up, it tells you what it's all about. A daily time with God needs to be a priority. It's about time that we make a decision about starting. Some of, some of you in this room already have started. But there's no one in this room that can't do a better job of communicating with God. The challenge is for you to spend three days this week, the rest of this week, doing a quiet time. There are two uh, different books that I have here that's available to you. One of these books was written by a guy I know, good writer. And in this book here, you have five daily devotionals. In the devotional, you have a scripture to read, you have a story, and then you have some questions. I can do that. And then there's these little booklets here that basically does the same thing. Ask questions, ask you to read some scripture. As you prepare to do a quiet time, you get to a place where you won't be distracted. You sit down and you ask a short little prayer. Say, Lord, I'm about to read your scripture. I'm about to hear from you. Whatever I read, Lord, just Teach me. Teach me something about myself and teach me something about you. Everybody in this room can do that. Read the scripture. Take your pencil and say, Lord, what is it that you've taught me? Reflect on that and then write it down. You can write down what the scripture was about. You can write down how it applied to your life. And I promise you something. If you take time to do that, you won't be the same. You will not be the same. About seven minutes. You got seven minutes a day. What you're going to have to give up to take seven minutes and read a scripture and pray? What you're going to have to give up? I told you it was all about want to. It didn't even take you seven minutes to brush your teeth. Seven minutes. And seven minutes, when you do it a while, we end up being maybe 10, 12, 15. It'll grow on you, and you'll grow too.
Britain's going to be checking up on y'all because he told me about this little word called accountability. So he, he'll find a way to kind of see how y'all are doing and where you've been. And if you had seven minutes to, you know, spend a little time with the Lord and read a little bit. I just want to encourage you to do that. You know, every journey begins with one step. There was a young man that wanted to know about desire and reading the scripture and went to this wise old man and he said, you know, how do I develop the desire to read the Bible? You know, so the guy said, hey, meet me down at the lake and I'll show you. So they walked down to the lake about waist deep and the wise old man said, in a few minutes you'll understand how to develop that desire. So he grabs the kid and he throws him under the water and he holds him down. The kid can't breathe. He's slapping and flapping and everything. He pulls him up out of the water. And he goes, what are you doing? What are you? Boom, right back under the water. Just holds him down, holds him down. He's flapping and going. And he thinks he's crushed. So he pulls him back up again. He throws him back down again. And he holds him down. He holds him down. So he didn't want to kill him. So he pulled him back up. And the kids, you know, he said, what, what are you doing? What's the answer to my question? He said, when you want to and have the desire to read the Bible as much as you want to breathe, you'll do it. It's all about want to, y'all. Plain and simple. It's all about want to. But that want to will turn into a get to real quick. And that get to will turn into a have to because you know you can't live without it. And that have to will turn in to a deeper walk with the God that created you. But it's all about want to and desire. It's up to you. It's in your court. I've served it. Are you going to return it? It's up to you. Y'all bow your heads if you would. I don't know where anyone in this room is. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know about your family. I don't know about your friends. But I do know this. Everybody in this room needs the Lord. And many of you in this room know Him and know Him personally. Many of you in this room are seeking and searching and just not sure. That's okay. But my prayer for you is for you to develop that desire to spend a little bit of time each day with the God that created you. Lord, blessings on these young students. Blessings on their life. Blessings on their goals. 
blessings on their families and their friends. Lord, do a work and work the only way that you can. Do some spiritual heart surgery. Change my heart, change their hearts, change the hearts of these adults to understand that it's a get-to, that we get to meet with you. Lord, speak tonight in the small groups, and I pray that everyone that came in, no matter what they were dealing with, will walk out differently and walk out with a different perspective, not because of anyone but you. We thank you and praise you. Be with these students, be with these adults. In your precious name, amen. Um, if y'all, uh, Emily, y'all just normally kind of meet in your small groups now. Hey, y'all, thank y'all so much. I appreciate y'all. And, and,